What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. As always, I am your host, Maverick Levy. And for those that may be new listeners to the show, I want you to know that this podcast is focused on what is not taught in school, but is essential in life, whether that's your taxes, your mortgages, your health, your physical fitness, whatever it may be. I bring on the best of the best in each industry so that you can have a basic level of understanding of how these things work so that your success in life can come easier to you. You can understand these things without really having to learn them on the fly. But whether you're a new listener, a regular listener, I want to thank you all for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. But I also want to remind you all that The discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Today, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, is a major episode because it is one that is going to educate you all on arguably one of the most important topics in your life, which is the topic of credit, whether that's building credit, how to actually build credit if you're young, you're 18 and you're wondering, hey, how the hell can I build my credit up? Your credit score, what it actually means, how you can look at what it is, all that good stuff. So without further ado, I would like to welcome this week's very special guest, Alicia Force, she's the VP of Consumer Lending for Lake Michigan Credit Union. So let's get right into this. Welcome, Alicia, to the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success podcast. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm happy to be where we are. We're sitting inside their closed down office for COVID. We're definitely more than six feet away, and we are in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But this show will definitely be a very educational show to the listeners. This episode, in my opinion, is also one of the most vital episodes because of the topic that we're covering. So now, before we go into the details of the topic, which will be your credit score, how to build your credit, the importance of your credit score, I want to go into some background info about yourself as I do all my guests so the listeners can build a little relationship with you so they can get to know who you are. So where did you grow up? So I'm born and raised in Grand Rapids um, and work here at Lake Michigan Credit Union. Um, We're one of the biggest credit unions in Michigan, and our headquarters are in Grand Rapids. We have branches all over the state, Uh, but I run our consumer lending team. That's awesome. And I know that it's called Lake Michigan Credit Union, but do you guys have any slang you like to use to shorten that up? (laughs) Do you go LMCU? LMCU, Okay, so we'll refer to it as LMCU throughout the episode so we don't have to say Lake Michigan Credit Union, which by the way, they definitely are the best of the best. So how did you get involved with LMCU? How did you get to where you are today? I was looking for a job uh, right after I graduated from high school, Um, was going to a local college here and applied and was hired as a teller and have been here ever since. So um, as I grew with the company, we were smaller then. We were a local community credit union called Grand Rapids Teachers at the time. Um, And so thankfully, I kind of started here when uh, we were at that growth stage and we became a community credit union. So we were able to offer to more than just the Grand Rapids area. That's awesome. And you guys are more than just 
in Michigan, right? Do you have branches outside of Michigan? Yes. So we have branches in the Florida region, Southwest Florida. So Naples, Fort Myers, um, that area there. So we have a lot of snowbirds. In Michigan, you you go south for the winter. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it's getting about that time. So I know you've been looking, working here for a long time and you worked your way up from the teller to now the VP of consumer lending. So that's pretty awesome how faithful you've been. And obviously this is a great company to work for if you've been here this long. So what does your sort of day-to-day role look like at LMCU as the VP of consumer lending? So I'm in charge of rates and our credit committee. I also oversee our indirect lending. So if you buy a car at a dealer and sign there, um, that's my team. Team. Uh, we have a call center to do phone applications, and we do all the online applications. We underwrite all the loans for all the branches. So we have close to 50 branches now. And so if you were to walk into a branch and apply, it actually goes through our system to my team. Gotcha. That's pretty awesome. Well, we got the background info about you, Alicia. You sound like a great candidate. Obviously, you are the best of the best. So let's get right into credit score. What is credit? Sure. So um, you have the three major credit bureaus. You have Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, and they compile the information from all lenders and mortgage companies, anywhere that you're going to have an actual loan that um, gets reported to the credit bureau. And that's what builds your credit. So how you pay, um, who you pay, and how long you've you've had your loans and, and what debts you have. Gotcha. So that builds sort of your credit score. And how would you describe credit score to someone that's never heard of this? Maybe you're trying to explain it to a child, you know, someone that's really never understood what a credit score is. How would you explain it to them? Sure. So it's zero to 900. Um, so that seems like a really big um, number, but most people fall between 700 and 600. So anything below 600 would be poor credit. Anything above 700 would be excellent credit. So if you would think of it on just a scale of one to 10, one being not so good, 10 being great, uh, it works the same. Gotcha. So there's a wide range of numbers that your credit can actually be. Now, is someone born with a credit score like they are a social security number or how do they get to the point where they actually start to have their own credit score? Sure. So your social security number is not actually your credit. It's just related um, because lenders will take your social security number. So the first lender to report you will build your credit. If I were to pull your, try at least, to pull a credit score on someone who's never had a loan, it will pull up nothing. Um, It'll say that you're a a zero, no credit borrower. They can't find you. But as soon as you have your first credit card, auto loan, student loan even, Mm -hmm. um, then suddenly someone's linking your name with that social security number with a debt. That's what starts the whole process. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you sort of have to build up your credit and establish it at some point in your life. But when is really the first time a person gets introduced to their credit score? Is it when, you know, they're 16, when they get a car, they're 18? Is there a certain age limit like there is for you to have a license for you to get your own credit score? So um, you have to be 18 to enter into a loan contract. So um, you really can't have anything before that point. You once, like I said, once you apply for an actual loan and get a credit card or a car loan, uh, that's when it will start. Um, so you go from being a zero to an actual number, um, and it doesn't start at one. Um, it would probably start somewhere at like 600. So it kind of puts you in the middle 
of what we consider a, a medium score rate. And then as you pay your bills on time or as you don't pay your bills, it will then fall above or below that number. Gotcha. So you're not going to start off at zero, like you said. So I don't know if someone is ever thinking that, but know now that you're not starting off at that zero point. You're going to start off, you know, wherever, what'd you say, like 600 600, about? 600, yeah. Okay, Um, gotcha. Usually if I see someone with their very first loan and their very first payment, they may be in a, maybe a 640 range. Okay, gotcha. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but a lot of listeners of the podcast, they are the younger generation, whether they're in high school, college. I definitely have a lot of listeners that just graduated college and they're entering into the real world right now, as I always like to say. I sort of want to walk them through like the initial process of how a credit score works because, you know, I have a close friends that are in college or are out of college and they still don't understand really how this whole thing works. So I really want to break it down for everyone. So at what age can someone start building their credit score? And I think you answered that question before with a previous question, which is 18 years old, right? Yes. And a lot of people will start with a student loan, to gotcha. be quite honest with you. So um, they're looking for um, help with college payments and they'll either apply on their own for a student loan or maybe have a parent co-signer, something like that. That's typically how the student loans work. Um, but that's usually the first break into credit. So it will start reporting that loan on your credit report. And at that point, then you would want to build it from there. So they can start, you know, at 18 years old. And you say a lot of the times it starts off with a student loan. But what age should someone start building their credit so they can start off on the right foot? Would you say at 18 years old, start definitely? Yep. I would definitely say 18. Um, I did that for my daughter when she turned 18. Um, I had her get a credit card. That's very nice of you. So whenever your daughter, if she does listen to this, which I hope she does, you know, you have a great mom and she's definitely starting you off on the right foot. So you should never take that for granted. So what is, you know, the most common or what would you say is the first thing someone should do to start establishing credit for themselves? Would it be to open up a credit card like you had your daughter do? Yes. Credit cards are, you can have a low limit credit card. So it's a nice way to get started and um, just apply at your local bank or credit union. So we're a credit union here and we're consumer friendly. Um, So we do have programs for people that don't have any credit. Uh, We usually start them out with a, a small credit card, say 500. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to have a job. So we do require that. If you don't have a job and you're just in school, um, you could get a co-signer. One of your parents or a family member could co-sign for you. But that's the way to kind of get started. And I would give the advice to not really use it. (laughs) Use part of it. Don't use the whole thing. Don't go splurge. Use it as a tool. Exactly. Don't see it as sort of now you have a ton of money. More see it as a tool to utilize your credit for the future when you do buy your first home or when you do buy or lease your first car, then you have that credit already built up. And that's on almost every episode, no matter the topic, I always urge all my listeners how important your credit score is because of what other impacts it has in life. No matter you know what you do, like I already reiterated, buying your first car, buying your first home. I think I had an insurance agent on a few weeks ago And he talked about how now auto insurance, they're sometimes going to give you your rate or your premium based upon a few different factors, but one of them being what your credit score actually is. So there's definitely a lot, a lot, a lot of weight that your credit score has in almost everything you do in life. So make sure that you're utilizing the information 
on this show that Alicia, the best of the best, is giving you all to start yourself off on the right foot, right? It's very important that you do so. And we're going to get into later if you didn't start yourself off on the right foot. Can you get back to, you know, having a good credit score? And we'll get there. But for now, if someone applies for a credit card, you know, and let's say they already have a credit card, right? So they've already applied for the first one and they want to apply for another one. Does that help or hurt their credit? It helps. The more lines that you have where you can show on-time payment history, the better. Um, your credit score could go down. Say you opened five credit cards mm-hmm. <laughs> right in a really short yeah. period of time. They That might lower your score because there's excessive number. But if you do one here, one there, um, and the more time that you're able to establish on those, the better. So after about a year, um, it really does help your credit score significantly. And like you were saying, um, it really does have a huge impact because it's going to be how much you pay. Our rates, even for an auto loan, can range anywhere from 2.74 to 15.75. We're very consumer friendly. There are banks out there that will charge you upwards of 20 to 30% interest. That's a huge difference in monthly payment, especially when you have your first job and you're really trying to save money. Mm -hmm. That really, really makes a difference. And it also makes a difference of whether or not you'll qualify. So there are people who won't give you a loan um, if you have a poor credit score. So you won't be able to get that house you want. You won't be able to get that car you want. Yeah, and that's a very good point that you bring up. So how often should someone be opening up a new credit card? You know, a lot of the times you walk into stores, Saks, Best Buy, they all say, you know, Macy's. And I don't know if people are even going into these stores anymore with COVID. But if you are, they're saying, okay, you know, open up a credit card with us and we'll be able to save you some money when you buy things from our store, right? Or you build up points and you get rewards. But should you be opening up a credit card at every store you go to, or is that going to really hurt your credit score? What that, would you say to that? It would hurt. Plus, they typically those cards will be in the 20% range. They'll also have an annual fee. So your 5% savings on a $20 shirt, you're going to pay a lot more. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so there's that. always sort of a catch to it that you should there be is. aware of. Yes. And I wouldn't recommend going that route. I mean, if you have to, that's great, but just pay it off at the end of the month. Don't carry balance. When you have a limit that high on the interest rate, it really can bog you down if you don't pay it off each month. Gotcha. And I had one of the listeners ask me a question about credit and I'm reading it word for word here. And it says, if you have a credit card and they give you a high credit limit, but you're not spending anywhere near that limit on a regular basis, is that bad or is that good for your credit or does it not really make a difference as long as you're paying it off every month? It makes a huge difference and it's actually good. Um, So you really don't want to use more than 30% of your credit card Um, at any time during the month, even if you pay it off, because the credit bureau, it takes a snapshot in time. So they could be looking at the snapshot when um, you have a balance that's at limit. So say you have a $15,000 card and you put all the way up to 14, even though you paid it off five days from the time they look at the snip of your history, um, it's going to show $14,000 on a $15,000 card, that's going to lower your credit score for sure. So the thing that I always recommend is that 30% rule. So if you had a $15,000 card, I would say, you know, don't borrow more than 3000 on it at any point in the month. And Still, the 3000 rec- will help you rather than hurt you. It would help a lot. So they like to see that there's actual activity. 
It's just when you go over that 30%, it can start to pull down your score because um, you're getting um, into that range of using all available debt. And anytime they see that people are using all the debt that they have available, it will have a risk score associated with it that they, you know, maybe you're in trouble. You can't afford, you know, your groceries and you're using your credit card to live. So um, when they see that the balances are really high to the actual limit, it can affect. Gotcha. And we talked about here and you sort of brought it up at the end, which I want to get to, but we talked about how, you know, sort of maxing out your credit card and even paying it at the end of the month can hurt you. Now, let's talk about if someone doesn't max out their credit card but they don't pay their bill at the end of the month. Is that going to hurt them in the long run? It won't. No. Uh, the only thing is you pay interest. So you just have to remember, like I said before, that $20 shirt, if you're not going to pay it off at the end of the month, it's not really a $20 shirt. Yeah. So if you took, say, a $10,000 loan on a credit card, if you had a 20% interest rate, it's going to take you nine years to pay it off, and it's going to cost you another 10000 in interest. Wow. So it's huge. But if you can find a good low-rate card, that same amount, um, you could pay off with the minimum payment in just five years. So you're, you're saving so much more time by being cognizant of what that rate is. Yeah, and being responsible, I think, is another big part because as young adults, you might not understand really, you know, what a credit card overspending, not paying, what it could do to you in the future and how it could hinder, how it could hurt you. And like you said, you're going to have a higher rate if your credit score is a bit lower than what you know you may want it to be to get the tier one rate, which we'll get into the tiers. But it's very important. And I like that real life example you brought up to show how much additional money you would be paying if you didn't pay it off right away. So thank you for that. Sure. And what would you say are some of the things that people should avoid in terms of credit? What will kill their credit score? What should they not do? So make your payment on time. Um, if you start to have a past due payment, they usually will report it at 30 days past due. Um, so most lenders will give you a grace period. Just make sure you make your payments. Maybe put it on auto transfer. Sometimes I'll even recommend to people who have new credit to just budget weekly. So if you get paid weekly, um, no, you know, oh, I have, you know, a $200 car payment, then I need to put this much away every paycheck so that I have enough and just pay your payments on time. That's going to be the best thing to help your credit. Yeah. And a lot of people tell me that a lot of my mentors, my father, obviously, a lot of successful people that I know, that's the number one thing they urge is to pay everything on time, right? Credit cards, of course, because you want to, but it's not just credit cards. And you know, my family's in the tax business and we tell everyone, make sure you pay your taxes on time. That's pretty much any bill you have in your life. You want to make sure that you're paying it on time because I would say the majority of the time it's going to come back, you know, and hurt you in the long run if you don't pay it on time. But switching topics a little bit here, is it possible for a successful person to have a bad credit score and still be successful in terms of, you know, they have money in the bank, they're making money, you know, and why, if that is possible, why should someone not be that person? Well, it it just limits your opportunities. So like I said, you might not be able to get a loan for that house that you love and want. You'll have to rent. So even though you're making the money, you have the money in the bank, but your credit score is not good, they might say, nope, you're not going to get approved for that loan. Is that right? Correct. Yes. So we have score 
uh, minimums and maximum, not a maximum, but the minimum. Yeah. So yes, if you start to go below that 600 mark that I kind of talked about, mm-hmm. it's unlikely that you'll get a loan. And if you do, it's going to be outrageous yeah. in the interest rate. Yeah, no, I'm sure I, I, a lot of the times, and this is sort of getting off topic here, but it sort of came to my mind is that you'll see those TV commercials that for a car dealership that says, we'll get you approved no matter what your credit is. <laughs> and you go there and like you said before, they're going to charge you like 20 to 30 percent interest on that just because you're getting approved doesn't mean that it's going to be a great deal. It just means you're going to be paying way, way more. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to sort of make that apparent to the listeners because I think it's sort of misleading those commercials that says, you know, we'll get you approved. They don't say that we're going to get you approved for a way higher rate because I don't necessarily think that that's common sense, especially. But Getting back on track of, you know, being successful, having a bad credit score. Uh, if someone does have a bad credit score, is it possible for them to work their way to bring their credit score up to, you know, a 700 credit score, 750, 780, 800? Is that possible? Yes, it definitely is And possible. how would someone go about that, right? So let's say, you know, they opened up a bunch of credit cards in college when they turned 18 and now they're, you know, sort of in the gutter because they didn't pay their bills and maybe they didn't pay other creditors' bills and so now their credit is horrible. How can they go about working their way up to getting that better credit score? Sure. So if they have any kind of charge off on their credit, um, they would want to get that resolved. So they'll want to contact those creditors and come to some sort of resolution. So then it shows on your credit report, not open collection, but a resolved Mm -hmm. and paid. Gotcha. So anytime um, someone has open collections, I I always suggest they do that because sometimes there'll be little tiny amounts too, where um, it's really bringing down your score. And maybe you had a, you know, like you said, you use a Macy's card and it was just a $250 card and you forgot it. And so here you have this charge off that's $250 that's really costing you thousands in interest rate difference over years. So pay that off show it as paid and settled. Um, Another thing to do is um, if you do have a lot of credit card debt, just come up with a plan to chip away at it. And um, we can even help you with that at the credit union. If you were to call us, we could say, hey, you know, if you pay this much on that card per month, it'll be gone by this time. And just trying to get down those high balance cards Mm -hmm. helps significantly. And what about those companies that you see that says like, if you have bad credit, we'll try and help you, you know, get your credit score back to where it is. Are uh, are some of those companies, you know, do they work? Are those things actually true? And can they actually do something for you? So credit counselors, they'll settle your debt. It does not help your credit. Okay. (laughs) So it might get rid of some of your debt, Um, So if you really are in that point where you cannot get out of this, it's an option, but it's not going to help your credit. It's going to just help you get out of debt. Um, Same with bankruptcy. That next time you apply, I'm going to see that bankruptcy or I'm going to see that you're in credit counseling and Mm -hmm. I may not be interested in doing a loan for you. If you did do that, it's not the end of the world. We might want to cooling off phase. So if I were to see someone who just applied and um, had their bankruptcy completed, say, last year, I may look at them and say, you know what, let's start small 
And I might do that too if you have a relationship with us. So start with the the credit union or bank that you use regularly. But if I had someone come to me, had a bankruptcy last year, um, they want to reestablish, I may do a really small credit card for them. I may do a, a car that has a lot of cash down. So the risk is lower. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I'll do a car with a cosigner. Um, but probably starting small. Um, but then again, you have to start fresh and make sure that you're making on-time payments at that point and don't let yourself get wrapped up in just buying whatever you want yeah. on that credit because it will add and add and add and add and you don't want to be in the same place you were you're found the year before. A hundred percent. Now, I want to take some things away from what you just said. A few things you said was risk and a few things you said was reestablish, you know, where you once were or where you want to try and get to be. So we talked about credit counseling, right? And if you go there and they can sort of help you consolidate the debt and make it, you know, not go away, but figure out a plan or figure out some way to help you. So that doesn't help your credit score. But once that debt is settled, you can try and reestablish yes. your credit to yes. get up and up and up. So that one step, while it may not help your credit score, it may help you a lot in the long yes. term of things, right? Yes. Yep. If you're really drowning and you see no way out, it's an option to help you. But then you'll have to start at the bottom yeah. and reestablish from there, almost like you never had credit before. You'll start from the the ground up. Yeah, and I don't want to tell any of my listeners like, hey, that's an option and it's okay to sort of let your credit get to a place where you need to do that. Absolutely, I do not think it's okay. But know in the very, very back of your head, like don't even think about it. Just know that, you know, it's sort of an option if, God forbid, something did happen where you had to do that, you can reestablish your credit. And I know family members that I have that had to do that same thing and reestablish their credit from the yeah, ground up. Yeah, I mean, up. if you lose your job, you lose your job. If you don't have money to pay your bills and you need to buy groceries, you're going to buy groceries. That's just a fact of life. Mm -hmm. So sometimes stuff happens. You can rebound from it. It's just, a, it can be a harder road, but there are options. Absolutely. And what else I wanted to bring up from the first thing you said was risk, right? And I think a lot of people think, let's go back to my point about being successful and having bad credit. And they're sort of saying to themselves, I think a lot of the time, which I would think is, why would you not accept me for a loan? I'm making this money. I'm showing you, you know, my tax returns. I have money in the bank. I have money, you know, whether it's in their saving or their checkings account, I have the money there, right? Why can you not approve me for this loan? And on your side of the table, I guess, or your viewpoint would be, well, your risk, right? You're a risk to us that we may not get that money from you because we're using your credit as your credibility to see if you're going to be able to make these payments on time or what's your track record sort of. So I wanted to you to talk about, you know, you guys are looking at what is a risk for you and you guys are going to be taking that risk based upon what their credit score is. Is that, do I have that right? Yes. So um, if I'm going to give you a car and I don't think you're going to pay it, I'm going to have to pay to have the car repoed. I'm going to have to pay to bring it to an auction to sell it. I'm going to have attorney's fees. I'm going to have all the processing fees. Then I'm going to sell it at auction and I'm going to get probably half of what it's worth. Absolutely. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm going to have a lot of a balance still left that I'm actually going to have to charge off. It's going to show bad on your credit. I'm going to actually have that money that's gone. And, you know, clearly we're... A big institution, we have members who put deposits with us, but what we have is we're then lending out yeah, money. That money. We're making money on interest, but you know, if you have too many loans go bad, 
you're going to lose all your income. Um, so as a lending institution, you have to be cognizant of what are we going to actually make? Is it going to be enough to, you know, keep the lights on and pay for our branches and, you know, give our members a good return on their savings Absolutely. deposits? So. Absolutely. And that's a very valid point you bring up is you need, you're looking at it a risk for yourself to say, hey, you know, are you going to hurt me, but not even hurt me? Because if I have all these people that hurt me, we're not going to be a lending institution that is going to be here. And you don't want that to happen. So, you know, I wanted people to realize that there is the other side of, you know, sure, you have money in the bank. Sure, you have all these things, you have assets, whatever it may be. But you might be a, such a risk to the lending institution, whether it's Lake Michigan Credit Union or another lending institution, that they're going to say, you know, thanks, but no thanks, really. And you're going to move on to the next one. So thank you for bringing the point of risk up, because I think that word, you know, from a consumer standpoint, you're not really thinking about what the risk is for them, right? You're really thinking about, hey, you know, I know I can do it, but do you believe in me? So I appreciate that. Now, Talking, we talked about a credit score. Now I want to switch topics a little bit to a credit report, right? So two questions here I'll ask you. And one is, what is a credit report? And what is the difference between a credit score and a credit report? They are different. So you have the three big credit bureaus that actually report all the data. Mm -hmm. The score is actually generated by a whole nother company. It's just on the credit report. So most companies use a FICO score. Um, so that's a separate company from the credit bureau that actually analyzes how you pay and um, gives out the actual scoring method. There's some new... Um, scoring models out there, Vantage. Um, there's a, a couple other ones um, I can't think of off the top of my head. But basically, they're just two separate things. One is the actual report itself, and one is the analytics to actually score it. Gotcha, gotcha. And how is a credit score calculated? Right. I think that's a big unknown. I actually don't even know that. So I'm going to be learning off this answer to the question myself. But, you know, how is it calculated a credit score? What makes you have a great credit score? Obviously, there's some things that are obvious rather than, you know, not so good credit score. Yeah. So it's going to be time. Um, so the longer you've had credit, that always helps your score. Those on-time payments, not having collections, not having maxed credit cards. It's always going to look at all of the history, basically. So the only things that really aren't on a credit report are going to be your utilities, your cell phone bills not on there. So it's going to be actual auto loan, credit card, mortgage, um, some rent. Uh, will show on there. So it's more of the big ticket items. So your score is just going to be based on how you pay, how much you've had, how long you've had it. And so now someone listens to our episode, right? Whether they're 18 and they have a credit card, they've never really checked what their credit score is. Maybe they got it back when they applied for a credit card and saw what their credit score was. But what would you say is the best way for someone to actually check what their credit score is? So the CFPB um, is the consumer... Financial Protection Bureau, um, and they have freecreditreport.com. Okay. And all the bureaus will provide from that, I believe. So you could even go to TransUnion or Equifax or Experian and get a free credit report many times. But the freecreditreport.com is from the CFPB's website, if you were to look at. And that's, you know, it's a protection site for consumers. So it allows you to look at it once a year at no cost. But don't get roped in because sometimes you can get, you know, they'll sign you up for all sorts of extra things. And maybe you want that. Um, but just be wary. Watch what you're getting. Watch what you're signing for because you actually can get just 
request a free credit report once a year without signing up for anything else. And, you know, what does it mean for a person to get their credit score pulled, right? You said they can go to freecreditscore.com, which you see all over TV, right? And they say, you know, it's a safe, it doesn't hurt your credit when you do that yourself. But what if I come into Lake Michigan Credit Union, I say, hey, I want to buy this car, right? You're going to actually pull my credit score. And by pulling it, it means you're going to look up what it is. And does that have a hinder on my credit score? Not initially, um, but if you have a lot of inquiries, so it will actually show that LMCU did an inquiry on today's date. Okay. What would be telling, and I even look for this um, as an underwriter, if I can see that you've gone to seven different banks in the last two days, I may be concerned. Is everyone telling you no? Did you get loans there that still aren't reporting on your credit report? Things like that. And then the Bureau's algorithm for that scoring model will drop you if you have um, more than a couple in a short period of time. And what's the difference between, and I could be saying this incorrectly, so you're the expert, the best of the best, so correct me if I'm wrong, but what's the difference between a soft inquiry and a hard inquiry? So a soft inquiry, we'll sometimes do that when we're advertising. So we can go to the credit bureau and say, hey, we're looking at sending our credit card information to a group of people, but we only want to send to people who are a credit score of 680 and above, for example. If I do that, Um, I actually have to pre-approve you. So it's not just a, here, Lake Michigan offers this credit card. It would actually say you're Mm -hmm. pre-approved. So if you get those in the mail that says you're pre-approved, they did a soft inquiry on you. It won't show a date or name. So when I go to pull your credit, I'm not going to see that line of information. And it gives me limited information. So it's going to give me your score. So I'm going to base my decision on, okay, you're a 680. I think that you'd probably be pretty good. There probably isn't anything too negative on there. Or if it was negative, it's older. We'll probably be able to give you a card. So we'll pre-approve you. So that's what a soft inquiry is. And um, then the hard inquiry is when you actually apply and we actually pull the credit and we actually look at it. And that's what's going to put that date in our name at the bottom of your credit report as an inquiry. Awesome. Thank you so much for that clarification. Because again, I didn't know the, you know, what the difference between those two were. But we talked about freecreditscore.com, or is that right? Freecreditscore.com. Freecreditreport.com. Okay, yep. freecreditreport.com. And you see, you know, I think they have a few other, I don't know if you want to call them competitors or things that are the same type of programs where they do check your credit. If you check your credit every day on those sites, is that going to be bad for your credit like it is if you said, if I went to a bunch of different lending institutions and I got my credit score pulled and there's all these inquiries on there, are, are they different or are they the same? That would be more of a soft inquiry. Okay. So if you do it yourself, it's not going to put that date gotcha. and name on there. So you could check it every single day and it's not going to have any hinder on what your credit score is. Correct. Got it. But that's only using those, uh, I don't know, they're not really third parties. They're just separate websites that are for the consumer. Yeah, there's different companies that will offer it, but they typically will charge you for it. Like I said, you can get that one free Mm -hmm. report a year. If you get it more than that, you're probably in a subscription of some sort. Um, Some people really like it. You can have companies that actually monitor for a hard inquiry on your credit to protect from fraud. 
Okay. So I have that actually myself. So I'll get a notice and it'll tell me um, your credit was pulled. Okay. And That's I know, cool. oh, I applied for a car refinance. So I know it's me, but it kind of will protect you from someone stealing your yeah. information yeah. and applying. So it sort of protects you from identity theft all on yes. one because you could see if someone's using your name and your social security number and your address to apply for a credit card, you'll be like, wait a second, I didn't do that, did yeah. I? No. So, so that's actually a cool third protection thing it sort of has embedded with the system. I didn't yeah, know that at so all. Our, the company we use here at the credit union is called LifeLock. Um, if you went to our website, you can sign up for it. Yeah, LifeLock's a big one. Yeah. I, I, they have great commercials. But I there's think they a have lot a of jingle. them out there, a lot of competitors. I mean, there's a lot of really good companies. I like it myself. Um, I do think it's a, a good product. So Gotcha. And I want to stress, right, I know I talked about it again, but if you see how much I'm bringing it up, it shows, you know, the importance it has. And I'm going to ask Alicia this because she is the VP of consumer lending at a very large credit union. So even if one is not applying for a loan, they're not looking to have a credit card. They're not looking to get a car. You know, they're not looking to buy a home. Credit is still important right? Oh, totally. Well, like you were saying earlier, even with insurance, I mean, a lot of different companies pull credit. Mm -hmm. So it can affect you in many different ways, even if you're not going to be getting a loan. Yeah, because of that word risk is they see they're, you know, an insurance company. And if you go back, I think it's episode two or episode three, where I had Peter Vitale on, he talks about how they're looking at your credit score to see how risky you are. So you hear that word risk come up again and again. So make sure you're putting that in your head and realizing, okay, I'm not going to be a risky person in terms of my credit, right? I, I don't want to be looked at as, oh, am I too much of a risk? I want to be, you know, a good candidate and I want to be able to get approved quick and easily without any headaches. So now, um, sadly, we're coming down to the end of the interview, but I think it's filled with great info. But before we end, I want to touch on a few more things. And the tiers of credit is one of the topics I want to touch on. And can you break the down the different tiers of credit or how that works when you're applying for a car loan or whatever type of loan it may be? Can you just break that down for them? Sure. So I here at the credit union have elite tier, which is 780 and above. I have an A plus tier, which is 720 and above up to that. 780 mark, B, B plus, C, D, E. So it's all, every single tier is going to be a different interest rate. Got it. And, you know, I think it's important that someone realizes that there are those different tiers because, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think those different tiers sort of tell you what your interest rate can or is going to be. Because if you have a better credit score, I think you called it elite. If you have an elite credit score and you're applying for a loan, you're going to get a lower interest rate than someone that has, was it A plus you said? Right. Uh, then an A plus credit score. Is that right? Yes. Gotcha. Um, so for instance, even on our car loans right now, an elite is at 2.74, but an E credit score would be at um, that 15 I think it's 1549. So quite a big difference between those two. And someone who's an EI may not even approve. And how often is a credit score actually updated? Um, once a month, um, you have to report as a lender. So the difference can be is that different lenders report different dates. So that's why I was mentioning before. Okay, I see. You, it's a snapshot in time and your lender may be reporting on the 20th of every month and another lender may be reporting on the 5th of every month. So it's a snapshot on that date when they look and report credit. Um, and then it's there for 30 days. Got it. And are there points, you know, where credit is so bad that you're not going to get approved for something or where your interest rate just 
just be crazy high. We will deny people okay. for derogatory credit. So it is something that can stop you from getting a loan. This is sort of an obscure question. It's out there and it may not pertain to people, but I just wanted to ask, what is the highest you know, interest rate that a credit agency can legally charge you if you have bad credit? So honestly, I don't even know at the credit union, um, we're maxed at 18%. Which which, is insanely high. It's insanely high, but there's plenty that are a lot higher. I've heard of places in the 30s. Wow. So the nice thing, as I said before, with credit unions is you can get a little bit more friendly. We do have that cap. Um, Most credit unions do um, cap at the 18%. And it's very rare that you'd ever be in that range. Gotcha. Well, I guess two last questions I have for you. Number one is, what is the advice you would give to someone, right, that you would give to your daughter, we'll say? What would you say to her, you know, and I guess a better way to really phrase this question is, what is the single most important factor when dealing or thinking about your own credit score at a young age? What should you put in your head to know at all times for the rest of your life? Just that you're building Yeah, you're building for your future. So it's going to be what's allowing you to do the things that you want, drive the car that you want, have the house that you want, and it saves you money. So it's all building for your future. If you're able to have a good credit score, it will um, save you in the long run. That's amazing. Thank you for giving that info to anyone. And before I ask you the last question, which may or may not pertain to credit, depending on how you answer, is there anything you missed, you think we missed when we were discussing, you know, credit, credit score, credit report? Is there any really thing you think that the listeners should know that is essential or you think we pretty much covered everything? I think just always read the fine print. There can be fees and um, hidden costs that you may not see on the advertised material. But if you look at those asterisks and actually read uh, what it says, it will help you in the long run to avoid um, getting stuck into a, a bad arrangement. Absolutely. I'll second that to the fullest extent. That's, you're absolutely correct. Now, Alicia, the last question I have for you, which I ask every single guest that comes on the show, and like I said, it doesn't have to pertain to credit, but if you want it to pertain to credit, you're more than welcome to. But what do you wish you knew when you were in your early 20s? I love that sigh. I get it from like (laughs) 95% of people. It's a great question. Uh, I think just learning and talking to people and getting advice and uh, finding some mentors, either in your own personal life or at work or at school and really just glean information from them. I think that that's really the key to success in life. Absolutely. Thank you. And it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope that all of the listeners are going to utilize the information that they're getting from the show. But last thing is how can they contact LMCU if you know they want to get a credit card through you guys, or they want to open up a bank account? How should they go about contacting the credit union? So we have our website, which is www.lmcu.org um, that has our phone number. Um, we have online applications, online memberships. It will show where our branch offices are. So that's the best way to get a hold of us. Awesome. Well, as you all listeners know, You can visit the website TBOTBpod when this episode drops and all the information will be on there and how you can get in contact with LMCU. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for coming on the show. 
I really, really, really enjoyed having you on the show because it's one of those topics. Some topics I know a lot about. I don't know, you know, some others I don't know a ton about. But this one, I'm sort of right in the middle where I can always learn more. But I appreciate it. And we only talked about the basics. So maybe we'll have to have you on a later episode to really get into the complexity of credit and credit scores and getting loans and getting approved. So thank you so much for now. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great. As you all just heard, Alicia really knows her stuff. Obviously, she's worked her way up in this major company. She's educating you all. She knows the questions right off the bat, and she knows the answers right off the bat. So they're clearly common questions that she has the answers to. But I have all kinds of guests on the show. If you're familiar with the show, last week I had someone that was in the private aviation industry. He was the best of the best in the industry. He broke it down to you all. But this week's episode... While she might not be doing something cool, being with private jets and $45 million planes, she is helping educate not just you all, but myself included on such an important topic. I know you've heard me say this a lot during this episode, this thing of importance, why it's so important. But seriously, your credit score is so important. So please, everyone, make sure you are doing what you can to either improve your credit score, maintain your credit score, you're paying your bills on time, whatever it takes. And I know these things can be stressful to people, but planning it out, making a plan for yourself, budgeting, take all those things into consideration. So maybe you can take a little stress off your shoulders because you always want to make sure that your credit score is the highest it can be because it's it is going to help you with many things in life, whether that's purchasing a home if you need a mortgage, you want to get a new car, well, you're probably going to need a loan to get that new car and financing. Well, hey, guess what that's going to depend on? Your credit score a lot of the time. So make sure that you're doing what you can to better yourself in terms of your credit score. You all should know that I talk about leadership a lot. That's sort of the slogan of the show. The tagline of the show is always lead by example. And the reason for that is because I'm a true believer that leadership is a very important factor for success. But another very important factor for success is helping others along the way. That's why I always say you want to lead by example while helping others along the way. And let me give you an example of that. Say you have a friend and you see they're slacking. They're not paying their bills on time. They're letting their credit go down the drain. You want to be that friend that says, hey, you know what? I listen to this podcast. Maybe you should listen to this podcast episode. But even if you don't really in there like, hey, I don't really want to listen to it. You know, can you sort of give me the gist of it? Give them the gist of it and try and show them like this is what you need to be doing because that is leading by example. You are showing them what leadership is and you're helping them along the way. So make sure you're doing that or if yourself is in this situation and you're kind of resonating with, oh, my God. My credit score is going down the drain. I'm not paying my bills. Figure out what you can do. Make a plan. Balance things out. Do I really need to go out to dinner? Can I make dinner at home? Whatever it may be, just figure it out so that you're staying on top of ensuring that your credit score is the best it can be because it is so important. Now that I got that rant out of the way, I want to give you all a heads up that next week there will be no new episode as I am taking my first break from this podcast in 21 weeks because I am taking my LSATs, which is my law school admission test. So I'm going to be focusing on that next week. 
But seriously, I love you all. Thank you for the continuous support. The show is just getting started. We're growing tremendously. We've been charting in four or five different countries. I don't know off the top of my head. So usually I say I'll talk to everyone next week. But hey, well, you know, I'll talk to you in two weeks. Go listen to some old episodes. You can always be learning. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the best of the best Mavericks Guide to Success.